0: Good afternoon welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A variety of factors we are going to look at today in this market trade is a weather update and what's been going on in South America. There's a recovery that's taking place in the wheat market. That has caught some attention of folks. The elusive $12 beans. Believe it or not, it ties back to the first thing we were talking about, weather. But then let's throw China into that mix as well. On the livestock front, cattle moved to some online exchange and COVID shutdowns. There's a variety of things that this is all affecting, which in a roundabout picture affects both the grain and the livestock. As Arlen Suderman is joining us today, he is with Stonex. And let's start out with this weather update. What are you hearing coming out of South America?
1: Well, it's hot and dry and uh, that is having a negative impact on crops. Uh, The first crop corn uh, is uh, already been hurt. Now that's the small corn crop. That's why the market's not getting overly excited about that, but it does meet most of their domestic demand, which then much of their, the majority of their second crop, their safrina corn crop that is planted in February is what gets exported so if they have a short first crop then they have to save back more of the safrina crop for their domestic demand so it does matter but it's a smaller crop so if you take ten fifteen twenty percent off it's taken ten fifteen twenty percent off of a smaller number but uh... overall our team in in brazil lowered their uh... overall combined corn production estimate by a couple million metric tons to a little over hundred nine million metric tons this week uh, that's a survey-based production estimate. Their soybean production estimate is 133.9, up from about 133.5 last month. You say, why is it going up when crop conditions are so stressful? It's because what they found when they surveyed producers and commercials down there is they remain very optimistic for the soybean crop because they believe it's early enough that they'll still be able to recover that yield potential if the rains start to come. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, they had to replant about 2.5% of mato Grosso. That's a lot of acreage that had to get replanted. In fact, you go to Western areas, it was almost 6% that had to be replanted of mato Grosso in the Western areas of mato Grosso. So what that means is if they're replanted late, you're going to harvest them even later. And it means you can you you can you 're going to be that much later planting the Sarina corn crop, putting it that much more at risk if the rainy season doesn 't extend longer than normal. So what is the condition right now we 've seen soybeans come off they touched a twelve dollar high last week uh, they traded as low as eleven forty two and a half for the lead January contract today, so that 's a better than a fifty seven cent um, correction lower. We're getting, finding some support here around that 1140 mark on the charts and of initial support. We can't, as you indicated, can't get through that $12 mark. Uh, as we look at the weather, it's still hot, dry, but the forecast is shifting over the next seven to 10 days. The expectation is that we will see the pattern finally move toward a more typical La Nina pattern, where the rains fall in central and northern areas of Brazil's soybean belt and southern areas of of Brazil's belt and Argentina are left hot and dry, Uh, and uh, so that would give Brazil a chance to get a normal production crop. But will that happen? If you look at the last 30 days, 30 days to rainfall to date, it's the driest by far of the last four decades that we have records coming out of Brazil. If you pr- look at the weather forecast for the next two weeks and, and then look 30 days back from December 15th, come back 30 days, it would be the seventh driest if we get the rains that are called for. But the forecast models have been over forecasting rain. They've had a wet bias to them, which isn't unusual in a drought situation. So if you make the adjustment, according to our partners over at Commodity Weather Group, make the adjustment to the forecast based on how the models have been performing, it would be the second driest for that 30 day period of the last 40 years. So the summary is rains are expected to provide a little bit of topsoil relief but it will still leave the crop hanging on the edge. So if there's any break in that pattern, stress will quickly develop once again. And as we get into December, you start more directly impacting yield. Think of it as that pod set and pod fill time that we have in August in the United States. Um, so yields can be impacted pretty quickly if we have stress in the Midwest in August. And that's the time period we're now entering into.
0: So when China looks at all this and knows where they make their purchases from at the calendar year, what does this mean right now for them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because China has basically bought what they need in order to get them to the typical time when Brazilian supplies arrive. Um, so if the harvest is late in Brazil, it means they need to buy more from us because it's going to take longer to get those first supplies from Brazil. There were some rumors today that they were back in buying for some January delivery. Cannot confirm those rumors yet. Um, so that would suggest maybe they're getting concerned and taking advantage of this price break to do that. Um if there's a short crop in brazil it simply means that they will make the switch to brazil as soon as new crop supplies are available but they'll come back to us for supplies earlier in the year when they run out of brazilian supplies again next late summer and fall um... so it doesn't necessarily help us near-term but that delay is a factor and that's something that they are watching very closely
0: well lots of things to look at as we continue we'll come back from the break we're going to talk how is this elusive $12 $12 beans. Is that being factored in and is that the reason why we're sitting at where we're at? We'll also look at this COVID shutdown. Some interesting information that Arlen just received right before we started the Fontenelle Final Bell. So stick around. We've got more coming up for Part 2. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex, and we left off talking about the weather, South America, China. So can we blame all of this, Arlen, on the elusive $12 beans?
1: Uh, $12 is a psychological level, and as overbought as the soybean market was, as they got close and touched that $12 level. There were certainly a lot of people wanting to take some profits um, in the 2016 high was just over 1208, so it's getting close enough there that the two kind of combined to make some resistance. C- can prices go higher? They certainly can. Will they? I don't know. It really comes down to primarily what happens in South America here over the next few weeks. If those rains disappoint, production estimates start to tumble, and particularly if we see late harvest expectations and China has to buy more, et cetera, We can very easily see that price just shoot through there like a hot knife through butter. Um, But if the rains come better than expected and the production estimates start going up and that eases China's concerns, then I would anticipate that the highs for now are probably in. Um, So it is a key level. Therefore, it's a level in which traders are taking a step back, taking some profits, and uh, reassessing.
0: So let's look, and I talked about this elusive information, this interesting information you received before we got on the air was that, you know, COVID, we know, has had some shutdown effects. We know it's had some effects on ethanol, on jobs, on proteins, but some interesting data that you received.
1: Yeah, and it shows that our food and beverage services have lost 2.1 million jobs from the pandemic. That means our restaurants are doing less business. That has a big negative impact on on meat demand and is why we've been really concerned in the meat industry. Um, but it also means less driving going on out there. And we've seen that in, in the gasoline consumption data. It normally goes down this time of year, as you can imagine, being wintertime people doing less driving, but it's, never did get back up to last year's levels uh this fall and it is falling at a faster pace and that means less demand for ethanol so that's another negative for corn and why we need the export business really bad to kind of offset some of that lost domestic demand
0: cattle market we saw them move off um on the online exchange what what numbers are you seeing and and what how does this set the tone for the rest of the week
1: yeah, we saw better than 500 head move on the online exchange at about 110 and a quarter today. Uh, and that was a little bit disappointing. I think the expectation has been that maybe we could uh, trade cattle this week at uh, 111 or better in the Southern Plains. We've seen a few going at 110. Uh, so overall, a little bit on the disappointing side. I would say that demand has been better than expected thus far. I think there's pretty good domestic demand. Um, and that's been encouraging, uh, but yet we're still concerned about those increased restaurant food service restrictions and, and worried about whether we can maintain that. Obviously, vaccine uh, hopes are abound with several vaccines now looking like they're going to receive approval. Uh, but that's going to take time. And uh, uh saw one interview with uh, someone from the health industry today indicating that we probably won't get full impact of the vaccination and move past this until late next year, even though we could see the first vaccine doses being shipped yet this week, possibly. Um, it's just going to take time for the production and the distribution of those vaccines in order to start getting our economy back and those food services back.
0: Lots of things to, to look at and the effects that we're going to see on these proteins. The hogs, they've got a struggle today, a little bit of negativity going on.
1: Yeah, again, demand is a really concern. of The uh, hog industry it took note of the fact that we've been seeing rising pork prices in China. Uh, I think it was up around 9% uh, over the last month or something like that. Uh, so pork prices are back on the rise uh, some of that's increasing demand that's seasonal ahead of their lunar new year holiday. Some of it is because we're seeing imports really get slowed down at the ports because they have found some COVID on containers bringing imported meat in. The percentage is extremely low, but China has a zero tolerance right now for it. And so they're holding everything up, inspecting it, testing it. Tr- disinfecting the containers etc and really slowing things down and that's slowing down shipments now to China as well. And
0: real quick as we wrap up the Catalan feed report that we recently had. How's that affecting what we're seeing in those numbers?
1: Yeah it's smaller numbers than what was anticipated and so therefore we're kind of we've got some more pen space and we're increasing some of those demand for feeders uh, and uh, that's boosting demand.
0: Alright Arlen what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A R L A N F F 101.
0: Thanks so much, Arlen Suderman, joining us today. Just a reminder commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at RuralRadio.com wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.